0: Hey, welcome to the program. Big day for the impeachment. Witness, no witness. We actually have Joe Lieberman on. He says for the first time how he would vote. We talked about the difference between this impeachment and the impeachment of uh, Bill Clinton. Also, we addressed uh, Trump's peace talk plan. He, he was fascinating. We have Bill O'Reilly on. We talk a little bit about uh, the corona uh, coronavirus, which you don't get from beer, believe it or not. But I think it might be a cure. You should try it this weekend. Uh, and also, Daniel Hannon from London, just a few hours away from the official Brexit as they, they leave the European Union. His thoughts on that, on freedom, and what America is doing right now and the choices in front of us. Great. Don't miss podcast begins now.
1: You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck
0: program. How you doing, Pat? Good. 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 Thanks for filling in. Uh, Stu, Good. as always, is uh, on his Super Bowl trip. Uh, he goes to the Super Bowl, and uh, it's a it's nothing but, you know, snorting coke off the belly of hookers for him for two mm-hmm. days. He gets it mm-hmm. out of his system, and then he comes back, and he's a completely moral guy.
2: Mostly. Well, yeah. uh, I think he breaks down again around Memorial Day.
0: <laughs> yeah. Around Memorial Day? Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. I, mean, I mean, who he doesn't? Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, which, which non-service <laughs> member of us mm-hmm. doesn't just break down around Memorial Day? and are any people like that. Know, no. no. Have to do blow or something, mm-hmm. you know, off the belly of hookers. Because that's the way, I think, as Stu says, that's the way Jesus would want it. <laughs> now, I disagree with that, but... It's Stu. So anyway, uh, Pat, yes. one word mm-hmm. in context of today, Romney. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Meaning he may vote for witnesses. May? Well, I I want him to, honestly. I I just want to get this out. And as you've said several times, Lance, that boil. Okay, so yeah. They're just going to be relentless if they don't have so some sort of two- witness... Event I
0: think there are two ways to look at this. And, yeah. and <clears throat> you know, quite honestly, <laughs> the way we look at it is the right way. <laughs> Obviously, All those dummies that disagree with us, <laughs> well, you're just plain wrong. Uh, there's two ways to look at it. And I think the one way which everybody, including me, is looking at this, you just want it over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know there is nothing to this, and this is – John Bolton is another, oh, the steel dossier, proves it. Oh, uh, Mueller proves it. Oh, my gosh. Vince, uh, I mean, uh, not Vince Flynn, but uh, what's his name? Uh, General Flynn. It proves it. Oh, this phone call. It proves it. None of these things. Every time they make them into a big deal and not mm-hmm. one of them have made a have moved the needle at all. None of them are what they say it is. Okay? Right. So when you when you're looking at John Bolton, I think conservatives generally have supported John Bolton his whole career. Mm-hmm. We like him. Right. We trust him. Uh, and I don't want to throw him under the bus. I think he's wrong here on the the way he's approached this with the book. Yes,
2: and the way that Democrats have treated him is so hypocritical. Oh I my mean, gosh. They, they they talked about how, his lack of credibility when you know before when he was nominated for the U.N. position, and and all along the line, they've hated this guy. And now hated. all of a sudden, they've got to
0: hear the truth from oh yeah. John Bolton. And John Bolton's the only one that can tell us the truth. Right. And I don't want to play the opposite. He's lying. I don't think John Bolton is lying. I don't think John Bolton has anything real to say, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, Because I know John Bolton, and I think he is a man of credibility. I think his credibility has been destroyed by him taking a big payday from Simon & Schuster to write a book. Now, does he have anything in the book? Here's why it should happen, in my opinion. There's two ways to look at this. There's nothing there. I'm tired of this. Let's move on. Okay, that's all understandable. And I feel that way. However, uh, and and wait, there's three ways. Also, the legal way. The president has won his case. No attorney. You know, let's say your your job is at stake. Your uh, your life is at stake. Your name is at stake. Everything's at stake. And the prosecution comes in with this guy who's like, no, I got Pat Gray. He's going to testify against Glenn. He's got a big book deal coming out in a little while. Oh, they don't want to hear from Pat. It's been his best friend. He's been there for 30 years. What does he have to say? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm, I'm like, well, geez, Pat has turned on me. Don't worry about it. Pat has nothing. We can take him apart because I know Pat. And I know what Pat has seen, and I, I can tell you everything about it. No attorney would say, "Okay, let's do that." You'd say, "No, but if it's Pat, my best friend, and he he goes off and he's going to release this book, let's at least get him on the stand so I yeah. can cross examine him because the the media will run all of the the book release stuff from him. They will do they will do fawning. Interviews because they want to destroy me. No one will ask tough questions. And well you yeah. can do that under the auspices of the trial. Correct. So the way to do it is to have him testify so you can hold his feet to the fire mm-hmm. when everyone is watching. And you have all that information out of the way. Right. Taking care of it now. It's now Pat's, now's Pat's book is worthless because we've right. already heard it in the trial. It didn't. It didn't hurt me. It didn't do anything. So Pat can do whatever he wants, but what are you going to read in his book? We've already heard it all. Mm -hmm. So it destroys the book. It destroys the book tour because there's nothing new to go over. But if you don't do it, When that book is released, it's a huge event and you have a fawning media that wants John Bolton to be saying bad things about the president. So the Democrats can then say, you know what? Let me tell you this right now. John Bolton, did you see that interview? I hope you didn't watch it too long because there's really nothing there. But I know (laughs) you didn't watch it so we can spin it this way. And that's the information we had in this president of the Republican Party. They're now stealing this election. That's what will happen. Yeah. But no attorney, if I were Trump's attorney, I would say, end it. End it. You won. Okay. End it right now. Push for acquittal. Do not put another witness on. And if you believe you
2: won, uh, what are you going to super win by keeping keeping it going even further? Right. No, you're not. Right. But as Nancy Pelosi said, if they don't do the trial, and th- this is what they're going to hammer the whole year, uh, the whole campaign year, it, 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 there was no acquittal because they didn't do a trial. They didn't actually do a trial. They were, they didn't actually care about the truth. So they just shut it all down and didn't get to the truth. That's what we're going to hear the whole time, right up to the election. And I just don't want I don't want them to have that talking point.
0: Well, there is a way to get rid of that talking point, point. Um, and uh, and I think, beside the trial. You could end the trial today. Um, we have something, and I wish I could come out with it today. I mean, I can't tell you how f- hard I have fought internally. Can we just do this special now? Um, because I want it out before the trial, but we can't do it. We have certain things that have to fall into place for us to be able to release this. But I am telling you, I read the script last night, and it still has chunks in it that are not buttoned up. But we think we're getting the paperwork to prove it um, because we've seen it. We just don't have it in hand. And as I'm looking at it and reading this, I looked at my staff last night. I mean, I read it last night with the staff around me, and as I'm reading, it's like 40 pages And I said, this is the most powerful, special we've ever done. This may be the biggest story we have ever broken. Wow. It is. Wow. It's Hmm. shocking, and it's much more. The corruption, everything we said that was going on, it all has gone on. But there is a deeper story to it that is... Uh, How can I put this without, uh, it is, it is a a story that has driven the news on uh, a couple of presidents and, uh, and I can't, I just can't say, It, it is a huge, huge story and it is not about this president. It's about Barack Obama. We found something that the Obama administration uh, was doing that will it will destroy destroy the Obama administration and its legacy uh, to the left. You're talking about the scandal-free Barack Obama administration.
2: Scandal-free.
0: No, hmm. this is this this huh. will piss the left off. Wow, so much the left will be like, excuse me, and. Uh, We're going to expose that. So if they don't do this trial, believe me, what we are going to expose uh, next Thursday. uh, And by the way, we're opening it up. It'll be free. We want everybody to see it. It's not going to be behind the paywall. You'll be able to see it on uh, YouTube and Facebook and and all of our uh, platforms for free. But watch it um, because it it is. You can end this trial and begin a new trial that must be done. And you're not talking about trying Obama. You're talking about exposing Obama and then exposing all of the people that were involved in it. And it's beyond corruption. And I can't, you'll understand what I mean by that. But it is, it is corrupt, illegal, unconstitutional, but beyond corruption. I thought this was mm. about corruption and power. Mm-mm. It is about that, with some. Hunter Biden is is involved. His next d- is into his neck up, um, but it, it is it is the worst that we have seen in the past from presidents, uh, two of which I know. Um, uh, went through massive trials in history for this. Um, and it is an affront to Congress, the Constitution, all of it. So you want to close this down? Great, close it down. But they must now go back and say, how did this happen? We spent $34 million on on uh, a Mueller report. The Mueller report d- did nothing. Mueller report did nothing, had nothing. Mm-hmm. This started from before he was even in office. And now this one, how many millions of dollars in time was wasted on this one? What was that really about? And it is not about just protecting Joe Biden. It's really not. And I can lay out the case that that is not what, um, that is not what, uh, Donald Trump was doing. He knows He knows what was going on. I can take you to all the things in the phone call in the July 25th phone call that didn't make sense. And things that we were like, why would he say that? Now we know. We found one piece and we're like, follow that. And it connects all of it. And the timing is beyond, dare I use the word, perfect. It's beyond perfect. Perfect. So, what do you think happens today, Stu? Or even Pat? I,
2: I think they probably, uh, I think they probably blocked the witnesses. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like earlier in the week they couldn't stop it. Now it looks like. They're almost
0: certainly going to. I think because what I mean, Lamar Alexander came out yesterday and he said, seen enough. I've seen enough. There's even when well, no matter what mm-hmm. John Bolton says, it's not impeachable. Right. So it doesn't matter. And I like that. Look at it. I do, too. Um, you know, but if it doesn't matter, then why not do it anyway? Other than this just is dragging it on. Mm-hmm. But I-, I like that approach. It doesn't matter. Now Romney, I don't think is doing it for the reason we think he should do it. I think he just really thinks, well, now wait a minute, there might be something there that we should uh, look into. I don't think he's doing it politically. I think I think Romney is so, um, he is he is so self-aggrandized himself that he's forgotten that he represents the people of the state of Utah. He's representing yeah. Mitt Romney, because I don't believe the people in Utah want him to uh, to do this. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, he won. What did what did Trump win by eighteen points in Utah? Yeah, and Utah was not a state that was raw raw Donald Trump. Trump. They kind of yeah. held their nose because of his personal life. They mm-hmm. held their nose and voted for him. But things change. They still, I don't think, like him the way he behaves personally in the tweets and everything else but they have seen like I have seen okay wait a minute wait a minute there are some amazing things that he is doing Romney still doesn't like him and Romney I think still thinks he's better than than Donald Trump and everyone else in the Senate I mean I think Mm -hmm. he really truly believes and I quite honestly I think he's part of a problem of uh trying to tell everybody that He's the reasonable one, and Mike Lee is this crazy extremist, and I don't think that's going to fly. I hope
2: not they've done that they've done that to Mike Lee though for a while yeah, they have yeah they i, I don't know how the powers he that beca- be in Utah paint him as an extremist, and it's
0: it's awful, it's wrong, and it's it's not true it's not. Mike Lee is the most reasonable mm-hmm. uh, senator thoughtful. among the thoughtful. He's, he's worked with Bernie Sanders on things. When yeah. he can make a connection on the Constitution, he'll do it. Mike Lee is, I mean, if Mike Lee was the one saying, no, we should hear witnesses, I would go with Mike Lee mm-hmm. because there's not really political bones in his body. He hates that. Cares about the Constitution. Only cares about the Constitution. And mm-hmm. uh, Mitt Romney, I think, is... I, I don't... I just... I mean, there's not been a, a, a bigger disappointment. No, Roger Ailes. Not even been a bigger disappointment than Mitt Romney. He is just... Uh, he's, he's politically smarmy, I think. He is. So, good luck with that. Uh, here's Mitt Romney in Utah underwater in the polls.
3: The best of the Glenn Beck program.
0: Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Something isn't right on this. It's just something's not right, um, and and here's why I say this. I want to believe that the Chinese have learned their lessons from the past. And the avian flu and uh, uh, and all the flus past the, uh, what was the other one? That, uh, SARS. Yeah, SARS. That the world chastised them. And those communists went, you know what? We should be more open <laughs> with information. Okay? Now that's that possible. Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> never happens. Yeah, never, <laughs> never happens. It's never Happened even during the period called Glasnost, which meant openness, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't that would have meant openness in the period of Glasnost in the former Soviet Union. This is at the end when you know, hey, you know what? We want to be less communist and more like you guys, we're going to be open. Chernobyl goes off, <laughs> we can see the cloud, we can measure <laughs> the radiation, and they're like, What? No, that's probably coming from your microwave oven. (laughs) I mean, it was insane. All right. So maybe they've changed, but probably not. Now, the reason why we're not so freaked out right now, and and I think that's a good thing, is that we are believing the numbers given to us uh, by the Chinese to the WHO, we don't really know what's happening. We don't have any idea. But Pat, what are the latest totals? I know it's what just over two hundred worldwide that have dead. died. Yeah, and something How many like infection,
2: like something like eighty-five hundred infected. Okay, was the last number I heard, but it goes up quickly uh, and exponentially.
0: Yes. Yeah. So. Okay, so eighty-five hundred are infected. Mm-hmm. Two hundred are dead. Now some of those numbers are coming from the West but most of those numbers are in um in china now everyone's saying and i i look i've done my research on the flu and the pandemic for years for 20, two decades for 20 years i've been studying this stuff because scientists have said another one is coming okay it's only a matter of time so i've gone back through my notes and I've looked at the stuff that we have done before. We've looked at the science. We've done all of our work. And what bothers me is this one seems to have all of the earmarks of the one that everyone's been saying in the scientific world. It's going to look like this. It's going to jump from an animal (laughs) and an animal that we haven't really had a problem with before. Uh And it's going to be highly infectious uh, it's going to mutate quickly. It'll probably start someplace in China. Uh, and it will start, in. and we won't even know that you're infected. Uh, and you're still spreading this disease, which is not done in flus. But that's what the really bad one will look like. Okay, that looks like this one. Uh, and uh, it has
2: every one of those
0: earmarks. Right. Every one of them. It's going to be more contagious than SARS. It is. Um, <laughs> And uh, and you're just going to have to quarantine everybody. You're just going to have to stop everything. OK, now let's just uh, nobody in the world is freaking out. OK, and you shouldn't freak out. We don't know. But can we just tie some things together? First of all. And I'm not sure of the actual carriers, but I know it was like KLM. I know British uh, Airways, Lufthansa. Big airlines all across Europe have stopped all transportation in and out of China. Okay? Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not flying from Europe or to Europe anymore. We are. Uh, Russia shut its border, the entire Chinese border. You ain't coming into Russia. Okay? Hong Kong, mm. they built this brand new, beautiful condominium complex in Hong Kong. And it wasn't open yet for sale. The Chinese government came in and said, we're going to put infected people in that building in isolation. Uh, and the Hong Kong people thought, no, you're not. And so the Hong Kong people got went in the streets and they burned the entire complex to the ground. Okay. So, wait a wow. minute. Wow, I hadn't heard Ch- that. Yeah, China wow. doesn't have any space for the 8,500 people, they got to ship them to a brand new condominium complex in Hong Kong. And the people are like, no, you're not. And they burn it to the ground. All schools, all schools have been shut indefinitely. And over 70 million people, 70 million people are now quarantined in China for something that has caused 200 deaths and has 8,500 people sick I mean there are other diseases that are going on right now that have 200 dead and 10,000 people infected with it Um, imagine our government saying there's something going on right now and uh, we just want to get a handle on it so we're closing Los Angeles Chicago no one in or out Los Angeles, Chicago, New York City, Miami. Hell, let's just close the entire eastern seaboard, all right? Anything near I-95, shut down. I-95, no buses, no trains, no planes, nothing. Would mm. would we be saying, um, what are Wait, you not telling how us? How bad is this? Yeah. Is what you'd be saying. You'd be saying that. Because yeah, you'd cripple the economy. Right. The, uh, Apple, uh, Intel, all of these companies, major companies are thinking of suspending operations in China. We're now talking about the ports. The ports are now closing around the world for, from China. Jeez, really? For something that's killed 200 people? Something just doesn't seem right. Unless China is just like, we are going to show everybody you get a sniffle and you will never spread it to another person. Oh, okay. okay. Or maybe they're Mm. trying out can we keep people in cities and they're trying out all their new technology. Possibly. They're either being super medical and to hell with the economy. Which, no No way. way. No way. We could have a plague here and there would be reasonable conversations to have. If you shut this down, you will destroy the economy of America and it will take us five years and we may never recapture our position. You must do everything you can to keep things open. Yeah. What's happening?
2: It does sound like they're lying, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. And they've got a nice history of lying.
0: So no. The Chinese? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shut up. Mm -hmm. I know. It's hard to believe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Usually communist governments are so open and honest. Well, North Korea. Oh, forthright. Yeah. Yeah. Anything goes wrong, they tell everybody about it. Hey, look out. We might have a problem here. We just wanted you to know.
0: So does this bother you at all? Have you thought of, I mean, I had a conversation with my family last night. I said, look, this is not going Mm -hmm. to happen. It's not going to happen. But let's just all mentally prepare this is what our line is going to be. If it looks like they're starting to cordon off areas, this is what our family is going to do. Um, I want you to call the schools and find out because uh, our kids go to an international school. So has a, are any of the parents, anybody been in China in the last couple of months if so we want to know about it I don't need to know the names but I want to know about it mm-hmm. um, you know taking these precautions is anybody doing that I don't think I don't think America is really paying attention to this and that's yet. really
2: prudent because we only have what we had the first person-to-person uh, infection in was it Chicago I think where the, yeah. the the wife came home from Wuhan and her husband got infected that's the first time that's happened here so I th- I think that's why. You know, there's only a few people infected that we are absolutely sure about. And if, if but if there were a thousand people infected in the US, I think people would really start
0: to worry about it. A thousand people. Um the, the problem that could happen overnight. Is, the problem with this is the average flu, and think how f- common the flu is. The average flu has a um an it's called an R naught rating, which means how uh how easy it is to pass. For instance, smallpox mm-hmm. is like, has an r naught rating of 16 to 18. 20 is the top. And it means that one person affected will infect 16 to 18 other people. Oh. Okay. The flu, the regular flu is 1.1. 1. 1. So you have the flu, you're going to give it to just over one other person. All right. Mm-hmm. The Spanish flu the one that was the pandemic of 1918 uh, was not infectious until you started to show symptoms. That's a big one. And it only had an r naught rating of 2.4. This one, they believe, has an r naught rating of 3.8. Okay, so it's, it's almost double that of the Spanish flu. And here's the bigger problem. You are infectious the minute you meet someone that has it. Even if they show no symptoms, it can jump to you. And the incubation period is anywhere between 5 and 14 days. And in those 5 and 14 days, you can be spreading it, but you have no symptoms. And the way it spreads,
2: handshakes, right? And then, like, if I shake your hand and you have it, and then I I touch my eyes, it goes through the eyes, the nose, the mouth. Correct. So it's not even airborne. It's not airborne. So anybody you shake hands with or if you get sneezed on, there's another problem.
0: Yeah. But yeah. that's but that's nor that's the normal way flu. You people are like, mm-hmm. don't, don't stay away from me. I got the flu. You're not contagious before you show symptoms. This, this one is, is. Yeah. So everyone you meet, everyone you're around. Okay, if they have it, they don't even know they have it. And so this one, remember the the Spanish flu killed fifty million people worldwide, six hundred seventy five thousand here in America.
2: Can you imagine something killing six hundred seventy five thousand Americans? I mean, to put it
0: to put it into context, the Spanish flu, um, which only infected a third of the world, uh, and only killed ten percent of that third that killed more people than world war one and world war two combined Mm. a flu and it did it in 18 months. That's what we're concerned about. And quite honestly, it, you know, here's one time I'm saying, maybe we should pay attention to Europe. If Europe is grounding their planes, why isn't the United States of America We should be grounding our planes when it comes to China. Sorry, until we know what we're dealing with, no planes in, no planes out. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Uh, Bill, before we go to Iowa, there's a new report that shows the evening news spin... On the impeachment hearings, they looked at all of the evening news programs. They found their news 100% negative on Donald Trump's defense, 95% positive for Democrats. Absolutely humanly impossible. Impossible (laughs) if you're trying to be
3: at all fair. But they're not. Yes, right. <laughs> Dude, everybody knows that. Right. I did the story uh, last night on the No Spin News on BillOReilly.com, and I basically looked at the audience I said, I'm sorry to bore you because I know you know this already, that if you watch uh, an American television news network for news, you're not going to get the news anymore. That's not what they're in business to do. They're in business to promote an ideology, number one, and number two, to elect candidates that back up what ideology they want. That's what the industry is now.
0: So now with and, it, but with that being said, there was an, another yeah. poll taken by people who read uh, or of people who read the New York Times. People who yeah. read the New York Times when they heard the New York Times endorse Elizabeth Warren and Klobuchar, the people yeah. who read the paper 5% of those people moved to Joe Biden, okay? So even their own readership is like, okay,
3: I don't trust these people. Is that
0: accurate to say? What would you yes, take from I, that? I think so.
3: I, I, listen, I think that Americans, no matter how nutty they may be politically on both the right and the left, all right, essentially want an honest presentation. Correct. I mean, I think 90 percent of them want honesty, even if they don't like to hear it. All right. Even if that's why I have been so successful and and all the research on me shows that. So you may not like me. All right. And I understand that. But you'll get a fair play when you listen to me analyze the news. So you just said if Trump Trump does some dopey, I'm going to tell you. But. What, what has happened now in America is a lot of people don't seek the truth anymore. They don't care about it. Um, they want an outcome. All right? So the Me Too people want males to be crushed. That's the outcome they want. They don't want fairness. They're not looking for facts. And that's what you're getting in politics. So the outcome that the left wants is Trump out of office. How you get them out of office doesn't really matter to them. But the declining audiences at network news have to be. I mean, look at CBS Evening News. My God, it's a collapse. And CNN, collapse. So, you know, that's the reality in the country we live in right now.
0: All right. You're still standing that Joe Biden is going to take the caucus?
3: Now you're distorting me. Well, that's right? what I
0: do. I'm part of the mainstream media now. I'm, yeah. You know, you're know a guy you're by the pool. I'm, you know, I'm if, here if to distort. Do it
3: again, I, yeah, if you do it again, I'm taking your cowboy boots away. From <laughs> you. All right? Now, I said Biden's going to win the nomination, but I have been steadfast in saying Iowa is so crazy that nobody can predict it. Yeah. And here's why it's so crazy. 150,000 people vote out of a state of about three and a half million, okay? The 150,000 who vote, they don't go to the polls back. They go to a little schoolhouse or a little VFW hall or whatever it may be, and they stand around and they go, oh, I like Biden. No, I like Bernie. No, I like judge." And then at the end of an hour, they say, okay, let's write this down who you want. Very informal, very undisciplined, and only the real, true believers participate. Not the folks. And it was and this is on the right too. Remember, Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucus last right, time around. Right.
0: What's what was what's really interesting is it's not all like that. Some I I went to a couple of uh, high schools for the caucus, and they would have the you know for instance next monday they'll have the bernie people here they'll have the elizabeth warren people in this room and you can go listen to them and they're they're bargaining for your vote and they'll say look yeah. warren doesn't have a chance i know you really like warren but she doesn't have a chance throw in with bernie because he yeah. could take this and then you'll get your socialist utopia and so it's it's not going in and making a personal decision it is it is the party Very, very active um, going in, and the ones who make the most compelling strategic argument, I think, are the ones that usually come out.
3: Yeah, but there's a lot of ideology involved in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I mean, look, if I had to put money down now on the Iowa caucus, um, I would say Sanders wins. And mm-hmm. Biden does pretty well. Biden's running around a little bus. Um, day, I, 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 am I in Iowa or I am in, I is this Nebraska?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> he goes in
3: the bus, he's yelling at people out the window. And Buttigieg is running around, too. Remember that um, Bernie and Warren and Klobuchar, they've been uh, holed up in the Senate. They couldn't get to Iowa. And uh, meantime, mm-hmm. little Pete is knocking on your door, he's sliding down your chimney. Um, he's a charming guy, so he'll do okay. So I would say it's Sanders, Biden, Booty Judge, one, two, three.
0: Which makes the State of the Union address even easier when he because Trump could make this about capitalism versus socialism.
3: I think Trump will go light on the individuals, yes. and heavy on the ideology. Yeah, like I just said, you yeah. may not like me, but do you want these people? taking the station wagon out of your garage because that's what they're going to do. They're going to take all your stuff. They want to run your life in every way, shape, and form. And he'll hit the guns. He'll hit uh, a whole bunch of stuff in the State of the Union. All right? I'm pro-life. I'm pro-Second Amendment. I'm this. I'm that. And look at these other people. Um, They're going to take everything you have. All right? Everything you have. And you'd be foolish, Trump not use the State of the Union to draw that contract. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meantime, Bernie gets Iowa, and then he zips into New Hampshire the next week, where Mm -hmm. he's a favorite son. Yeah. All right? So Warren's campaign has collapsed. A lot of her people come over to Bernie, and then it'll look bad for Biden. And believe me, all the cable TV left-wing journalists will scream, Bernie, 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 okay? Because they don't want Biden they they think biden is going to not make it to the finish line where they podesta and the wise guys in the democratic party they don't want bernie sanders at all but the media favors sanders over biden
2: and if if sanders wins iowa and new hampshire which he almost certainly is going to and then he wins in nevada where he's performing pretty well he's got pretty serious momentum by the time you get to south carolina can anybody stop him if he wins those first
3: three? Oh yeah you That's think right. so number one i don't think i don't think he's going to win nevada i think mm. the biden people are mm. going to really throw a lot of stuff into nevada and the unions unions are, are very gonna strong go, yeah right are going to go with biden but so um, is pot and then <laughs> biden will wipe out uh bernie in uh south carolina because african-american's are a big part of that electorate on the Democratic side. Correct. And they don't like Bernie. See, Bernie doesn't, doesn't compute with the minority communities, Hispanics or African Americans. Fascinating. Because they don't like him. Um, and I did a big thing on Bernie, and I don't know whether you guys know it or not, but he has made millions of dollars, oh, he yeah. and his wife.
2: Right, big time.
3: Right? Off the public, oh, Yeah, He's Hunter Biden. uh, Jane Sanders is Hunter Biden, Yeah. Uh, although they didn't use overseas. It was here. I'll give you one example. Jane Biden was appointed president of Burlington College. 200 students, 200 students ran the college into bankruptcy. And part of the reason was she awarded her daughter a $500,000 woodworking contract from the college it has got 200 students.
0: So when do you get to the ridiculous part?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Here's the ridiculous part. The press has ignored it. They know it because Peter Schweitzer's book outlines it. Yeah. The press has not even mentioned it. Even the conservative press, the Fox News people, haven't even mentioned it. When I did this this week on the No Spin News, all right, I got calls what, what? How did you get that? I go, It's public record. Yeah. The guy has made five million dollars, he's got three homes, and he's never had a private job. And he's they never in the private sector. Not even Wendy's.
0: They okay? don't I don't think the left cares. As long as you're making oh, they money. Don't. They don't. As long as you're making they money don't. and you're you're towing the line and telling everybody that, you know, there has to be somebody to oversee against all the corruption of all the other people,
3: you're fine that's true but there's not enough far left nuts to put bernie sanders I agree. into the nomination before
1: uh, you
3: gotta get some moderate democrats are you concerned
0: are you concerned at all about wisconsin and bernie sanders his people i mean we've had two people exposed by project veritas Uh, That are saying they're going to burn things down. They're going to be training. They're waiting for a revolution. They want one. The Democrats aren't going to do this to them again. Wait until we get Milwaukee. They were not fired uh, by the Sanders campaign and they occupy the same position that the guy who went to Virginia to shoot all of the Republicans on the baseball diamond held. Uh, these people are serious. Nobody's paying attention to it. Uh, How do you feel Wisconsin's going to go if the Democrats are seen by those guys as maneuvering to hurt
3: Bernie Sanders? I think Trump has a very good chance to take Wisconsin. I do, too. I think he's got, it's more problematic for him in Pennsylvania, all right? Wisconsin and Michigan, the working people have benefited greatly from the Trump economy in both states. So I think that he's got a good shot to take those again. Why, he's got a good shot
0: why is Pennsylvania why is Pennsylvania a problem for him?
3: Because if it's Biden, as I think it will be, the African American vote that stayed home last time around—they didn't like Hillary—will come out for Biden. Hmm. Because Barack Obama will campaign for Biden,
2: it's a little off topic. And, go yeah, ahead, go yeah. ahead, finish.
1: And
3: uh, that—that's the difference. Okay. So, if Philadelphia, if African American vote comes out big for Biden, that is gonna that could put right. him over the top there.
2: This is a little off topic, but before you go, I got to find out what uh, how you feel about big gay ice cream. <laughs> Do you love it? Big
3: day ice
2: cream. Oh, you haven't yeah. seen the you haven't seen the Michael Bloomberg ad? where he no yeah it's his Uh, it's his favorite so i guess you've never tried it you gotta you gotta try it
0: he says it's the
2: best wait a
3: minute so so bloomberg is telling people in an ad that he likes ice cream no he likes big big gay gay ice cream cream.
0: and it's very very authentic he 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 takes a spoon he's like hey where's my ice cream (laughs) somebody hands him this uh, this container of big gay ice cream and uh, he takes one bite of it and he's like "Mm, Mm. big gay it's the best ice cream ever so yeah, I didn't know if you had remember. had it. You've never tried
2: it, huh? Never it? tried it. All right. Okay, well. This is
3: a man. Why
2: is that because you, you hate? Is that?
3: Are you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but remember, this is a man who doesn't know how to pet a dog. He missed the dog. head. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right.
0: I was petting oh, him with dog. my tire. What? <laughs> right. All right. Uh,
3: I, I don't know how you missed the dog's head, but he did. But anyway, he got short arms, I guess. And when, when Bloomberg was mayor of New York, I want everybody to remember, you couldn't drink Dr. Pepper.
0: No, I know. A federal agent right.
3: would come know. to your house you I and compensate you Dr. Pepper. He was counting your calories. <laughs> you couldn't have a straw shaker. I mean, the guy was following you around. Get out of here. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Like listening to this podcast? If you're not a subscriber, become one now on iTunes. And while you're there, do us a favor and rate the show. I have to tell you, I looked down and and I knew that we had scheduled Joe Lieberman, but I'm looking down and I'm thinking, okay, I'm writing down the things I have to say to Joe Lieberman and, and get his opinion on. And then I realize, wow, uh, Joe and I have been friends for a very long time, and I treated him, and I and I've never said this before because this is pretty new i is joe on the phone joe yes hi
1: good morning glenn i just it's great to hear your voice thank you thank
0: you um let me just let me start here i was very very hard on you during the impeachment of clinton and you know that i was i was really very hard on you and i have to apologize to you because uh i think you were right In watching Dershowitz, and I don't buy all of his stuff, but in watching Dershowitz, if it's not a political crime, if it's a crime, especially the one he committed, which was perjury about his marriage, I was so dead set on, you can't have somebody committing perjury who's the president. But if we cross these lines, as I understand now from Dershowitz, we become... A parliamentary system where it can really easily become a vote of no confidence, and then the president doesn't mean anything. Was was well, that the way you listen, looked at it at all?
1: Off, you, yeah, you. First off, you you don't have to apologize. I we knew you would say that. go back decades, and uh we had a disagreement. But yeah. you're you're a, you're, a, you're a big man in many ways, and one is. <laughs> I that's, think that's a fat joke. Look back. <laughs> <laughs> so I give you, I grant you awesome. total forgiveness.
0: Thank you. I really, Joel. not Thank at you. all.
1: How- but uh, you're 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 making a good point. I tell you, I spent a lot of time during the Clinton impeachment trial um, going back and looking at what the intention of the uh, was of the great uh, men who wrote our Constitution about uh, impeachment, and uh, it seemed to me that they were setting a very high bar for taking a president out of office. And the reason is what has been discussed by uh, Dershowitz and others, which is the the centerpiece of the system, uh, the new country they were creating, was elections. You have to have consent of the governed for those who govern. Right. And you would only let Congress intervene in that when it was an extreme situation, uh, really, that the country... I ended up feeling that the country would be in danger... Uh, if a particular president was kept in office. And of course, this was before the 25th Amendment, which came along a lot later, that that set up a procedure for removing a president from office for physical or mental incapability. So um, that's why they required two-thirds vote in the Senate. And, uh, you know, I felt, and I said it then, that, that President Clinton's behavior was morally reprehensible and it wasn't just morally reprehensible but it had an effect on the country because Mm -hmm. uh a leader uh, i learned growing up and i learned it a lot from you know from the bible that um a leader is actually held to a higher standard than than average people because the impact of immorality or wrongdoing is greater so long story short I, i felt he had done something terribly wrong but it but it hadn't reached the threshold for impeachment. And uh, I find this running. this is a very different fact situation. the whole business about Ukraine as opposed to Clinton Lewinsky. But in the end, it's the same test. and And I think it's probably going to come now to a to a uh, the, uh, uh, what I would call a reasonable and just conclusion, or let's put it this way, a conclusion that if Madison and Hamilton were here, alive today they would say this is what we intended how
0: would you vote today if you were sitting there
1: i probably vote uh, f- uh for witnesses just because uh, and and of course and i'm being a little naive in about what what i'm about to say yeah i know there was some fear that if you had witnesses it would be oh, 15 17 witnesses the impeachment trial would go on for weeks and months but in in the good old days uh, we would uh, have negotiated a compromise across party lines as we did, incidentally, on the on the rules for the Clinton impeachment trial, right. where they were adopted 100 to nothing. Here it was a straight party line vote. And then, I, you know, I, I've hesitated to say this because I'm I'm not on the field anymore, so I haven't said how I would vote. But well, let me let me we're getting uh, because I wanted to hear all the evidence. But uh, let me just say that I thought Lamar Alexander's statement last night, although he he, he disagreed with what I just said about hearing witnesses, was was right, which is what the call, from all that I know now, the call that President Trump made with uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine was inappropriate, was wrong, it shouldn't have been done, but did it reach the point where we can say nine months before an election, I want to come back to that point, that he represents, if he keeps him in office, he represents a danger to the country I don't think so. I think it's up to leave it to the people in November. In other words, the impeachment, uh, as our framers intended, I believe, was not meant to be punitive to punish you either criminally or by taking you out of office. It was meant to protect the country until the next election, and the closer it is to an election, the higher the threshold for uh, convicting somebody President and removing him from office. So I I think it's coming to a fair conclusion. Hopefully we can get back to governing. If not, we we can go on to the election and the the people will decide.
0: Right. Um, Let me switch subjects. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu was uh, in the Oval Office this week. They had a big announcement. I mean, I'm not a dummy. Uh, this, you know, helped Benjamin Netanyahu, I'm sure, in his fight back home. He's right. in some trouble. So I know that this is, you know, uh, a lot of this is political. However, the the uh, peace plan that was given and honestly, the the words of President Trump to the Palestinians at that uh, press conference was, right. I thought, astounding and Everything a reasonable group of people should at least sit down and consider. But it was rejected right out of hand, and no one in the press is—they're barely even reporting this. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you in your introductory statement uh, and and what you said just now, Glenn. I mean, I think there was politics, but but I would put it this way. The politics may have been more in the timing— of the announcement, the politics wasn't in the substance. I thought this was the result of real uh, effort and persistence uh, directed by President Trump, uh, but really carried out by by Jared Kushner and, and the others who worked mm-hmm. uh, in the administration for it. And, and it, Kushner it, is
0: being and Kushner is being mocked by the press. Uh, I saw an interview with him, and I said, well, "What what makes you an expert?" And he said, "Well." I mean, uh, you know, I've been working on this long, a long, time. Just in the last year, I've read probably 25 different books on the different, you know, peace process. Yeah. And the headline was, oh, he thinks he can read 25 books and be an expert. I mean, it's just...
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's nasty. I give him a lot of credit for what mm-hmm. he did. Talked to a lot of people in the Middle East, including uh, some of the Palestinians. And this this is a total new beginning. And I think it's hopeful and really... This peace plan offers, uh, in other words, the well. Well, everybody was trying for the last. Uh, well, since the Oslo Agreement in 19, I think it was 93, um, everybody was trying to fit within that format totally, and uh, nothing was happening. And here again, all the efforts that President Trump, Kushner were making with the Palestinians were going nowhere so they simply decided we're, we're going to begin a new conversation mm-hmm. and they did it gives uh, uh Israel security and a lot of what it wanted but it honestly as you've said think about it it gives the Palestinians a state that's about twice as large as the territory they now govern and a capital in east Jerusalem which they've wanted and a promise of $50 billion it's, it's uh, unbelievable. To prove the life of their people. Yeah. It's un- it's, it's the it's un- it, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry
0: to interrupt you. It, it's, it's, it's staggering, mm-hmm. I think, how good this is at the first initial offer. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's no I, I, interest...
1: That no interest by the current Palestinian leadership, in, which has proven, I, um, I went during my time in the Senate over and over again, just about every time I visited Israel, I went to Ramallah to see President Abbas of the Palestinian Authority. Nice man, pleasant to be with, good to talk to, but, but he has proven himself incapable of being a leader who will take the risks for peace and prosperity for his own people. But, Glenn, you pointed... Uh, A few moments ago to the really significant difference uh, in response to the really significant differences in this Trump uh, Middle East peace plan, which is the response of the Arab world. Oh, my gosh. Um, These are the
0: people that lined up against Israel. They lined up against them. They're all they are. And correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. They are more pro-Israel, at least sounding today than the Democratic candidates that are running for president.
1: Well, I I can't say every candidate, but some candidates, Democratic candidates, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, there you had in that room, I was there in the East Room at the White House on Tuesday, Mm. you had the ambassadors from the United Arab Emirates, big, important country ally of ours from Oman and Bahrain, and then the two giants, really, in the Arab world, Saudi Arabia, host of the the two holy mosques of Islam, and Egypt, which has been the historic center of the Arab world and the the largest population in the Arab world, both saying, uh, not endorsing every element of the plan, but supporting it and directly calling on the Palestinians to come to the table and begin to negotiate. Right now, based on what's preceded, in recent years, uh, don't expect it from this Palestinian leadership, but maybe we'll be surprised. Anyway, I think, you know, President Trump is, to put it mildly, unconventional. As a leader, <laughs> and, and sometimes this upsets me, but other times, because he is willing to be unconventional and what the folks in the high-tech world call a disruptor. Yep. Uh, Disrupt. He he does things uh, that enables things to happen yep. that uh, you look at it and you say, you know what, this is something we ought to try, and believe me, this is a step toward peace in the Middle East. Right. If the there when and if there's a Palestinian leadership, and when there will be one, if now a Palestinian leadership that is willing to get engaged with Israel, and you're right, this is a this is a first offer, if you will. Uh, It can be changed there's some things that Israel won't allow to be changed, but some things can be negotiated and the Palestinians ought to, the people of uh, Palestine, the Palestinian people ought to rise up and push their leaders to go to the table with Israel in in a process, as the Saudis and Egyptians said, under the auspices of the United States. We we can mediate and they can get something done. Uh,
3: The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand.